0: don't have enough time to sit down and read all the best bitcoin articles well let us read them for you this is a crypto economy quick read all right crew welcome back to the crypto economy podcast I told you I had some announcements that were coming this week. Um, I will not be like fully advertising this, but I wanted to share it with my listeners. Um, So I have my website up finally. It's CryptoEconomy.Life. That's the life, and it's just CryptoEconomy.Life. And it is essentially right now a blog for all of my articles and the audio of this podcast, Um, and I'm trying to turn it into a hub to organize the different concepts and conversations and the people that are important to listen to in this space um, to make it much easier and quicker to digest all of this information for people new to the ecosystem or just getting in. So I encourage you to check it out. Uh, it's, it's Like I said, it's still a work in progress. I've got a little bit of formatting issues here and there, and um, I'm still cleaning up posts, and some of them still have not made it into the list. Um, somehow, like 10 or 20 got skipped in the automatic posting, and not everything is perfect. Like I said, it's still a work in progress, but check it out. Um, I think I got some really cool stuff up there, and uh, uh, I would like to know what you guys think. If you got any suggestions or anything or something that you would like to see, let me know. But yeah, I hope you uh, I hope you guys like the website. Check it out. Um, and uh, I also did a different it changed the um, theme and look, a lot of details with the actual cryptoeconomy.podbean.com uh website. Uh, and I'm sure I'm sure that's come up because I think the link goes straight to it from the Twitter post. Um, But if you have not seen that, um, I did do that earlier this week, I think, or late last week, um, and never actually officially announced that I was changing the look of my actual podcast uh, website. So check both of those things out. Again, that's CryptoEconomy.Life. And then the uh, uh, new formatting and look on CryptoEconomy.Podbean.com. Okay, so... um, Our quick read today is by Rusty Russell, and uh, it was published on December 1st of 2017, so it's quite old, but it is one that uh, I read back then and then recently stumbled back across a week or so ago, and I really like this one because it gives a very, very long-term kind of discussion or perspective on... Uh, what the economic sustainability model of Bitcoin is and the possible debates or uh, problems we will have moving forward while working out or or while working through these economic eras as they are referred to. And it is titled The Three Economic Eras of Bitcoin. Of course, I will... uh, link to the medium page so that you can read this and Rusty's other work. His medium tag is at Rusty underscore lightning. And then of course his Twitter page, um, which is at Rusty underscore twit. So I will link and tag all of that good stuff. um, So you can see all the other stuff that he's doing. I mean, if you don't know Rusty Russell, you absolutely need to be reading his work. Um, He is uh, responsible for numerous things. I mean, we've got a number of different things that uh, he either co-authored or um, uh, specifically wrote that we have read through in the podcast. Um, he works with Blockstream. He, he uh, co-authored the L2 white paper with Christian Decker and uh, Lawalua Shintziken, uh better known as Roast Beef, um, so he co-authored that with them, uh, working on the new mechanism for updating channels um, that's safer, faster, and requires easier backups. And uh, also uh, the sick hash, no input, the new scripting mechanism that would make that possible. Um, so Rusty is a, just an awesome developer and key to a lot of the work in the space. So if you are not following him, you definitely, definitely should be. We will have all the links in the posts to make that easy, but I will not delay any further and we will jump into Rusty Russell's piece titled, The Three Economic Eras of Bitcoin. The way the Bitcoin ecosystem will play out is written in the mathematics of its consensus rules. We should all know the three phases it will go through. The first era. Satoshi's Free Offer, 2009-2014 In the early years of Bitcoin, it was obscure and unvaluable. Demand was so tiny, you could send any amount for free. There was no real congestion, so software didn't handle it, nor did business plans. Gambling service Satoshi Dice famously sent a one Satoshi payment to losing bets using the infinite capacity blockchain as a signaling layer. It was all free money. Bitcoin was a new, barely understood technology. It was hard enough to comprehend the interactions of its constituent parts, let alone extrapolate to what this would mean in the future. Several factors made this worse. One, the pseudonymity and lack of central authority was deeply attractive to scammers who became pervasive enough to make the permeation of real information extremely difficult and also led to widespread distrust. 2. The success of the system brought others who tried to replicate it, often with the main goal of simply generating money, and almost always with minimal understanding of the system. 3. The early adopters had not only the normal tribalism of an emerging clique, but a concrete financial self-interest in adoption. The resulting boosterism meant it was extremely difficult for any awkward facts to permeate the wider ecosystem. The result there was surprisingly low awareness that this phase of, quote, free money was not the natural state of Bitcoin. The developers were aware, so added some configurable settings in the reference client to minimize the worst abuses. These rules did not change Bitcoin, just the default behavior. They added a minimum fee, stopped relaying tiny payments, and enhanced the scripting language to reduce the size taken up by unspent outputs. Second Era, Satoshi's Subsidy. We are here. Quote, Bitcoin is shifting to a new economic policy with possibly higher fees. End quote. Jeff Garzik. The bursty statistical nature of block production, combined with the volatile market of Bitcoin, began to produce intermittent capacity issues. These had been previously dealt with by code optimizations and tweaking settings by miners. Now they became more regular and significant, causing rising awareness that the first era was at risk. Inevitably, many people wanted to prolong the free ride. This pressure was exacerbated by software and services unprepared for dynamic fee conditions and the difficult nature of such fee conditions themselves. Reliably guessing what fee would allow a transaction into the next block turned out to be difficult at best and extremely difficult to present to users. The developer's general reluctance to support a naive increase stemmed from several factors. One. Previous increases on the network had driven significant centralization pressure, including a period where over half of the network was under control of a single pool. Two. This would be the first backwards incompatible change since Bitcoin's introduction. Three. Providing a one-off bump risks moral hazard, as lobbying for expansion is seen as cheaper and easier than engineering improvements. Four. Despite being expected, neither software nor services were preparing for the transition. This may have been because they didn't really believe the transition would occur. Five. The developers generally want to follow the community, not lead. Changes which are economically significant or contentious feed a narrative of developer reliance. Six. Transitions in a large, complex system need to be as gradual as possible to avoid unintended side effects. As the third era approaches, the second era provides that gradual transition with time for software and services to gain experience with Bitcoin as it will eventually be. The developers implemented several improvements to address congestion. First among them was wide-ranging and significant optimizations designed to handle the network now running at capacity. Block propagation was improved by a global network of node relays, and new strategies for better propagation. Fee estimation algorithms became more sophisticated, along with restoring the ability to replace transactions by increasing the fee and having the recipient boost transactions. Despite centralization fears of larger blocks, an opt-in block expansion was added, which will eventually double the network throughput as software is updated to use it. Work is ongoing on packing more transactions into blocks, which increases throughput without the centralization risks of block expansion. It is not surprising that such efforts were seen for what they were. Insufficient to maintain the first era. Bitcoin's use as a payment network, always awkward due to block time variance, became even harder. A whole class of payments below $20 were no longer viable. Businesses and users established in the first era began looking longingly at alternate coins still in their own first era, and also lobbied for relief. A significant mining monopoly had formed at this stage, and it joined these efforts. Though these efforts failed, it's important to note that while some who wanted the first era to continue considered the third era avoidable, many just felt it shouldn't happen now. The most convincing argument was that it would harm adoption, which is a major factor for both usefulness and regulatory resistance. Unfortunately, this argument never becomes less compelling and carries all the hazards enumerated above. It is undeniable that an increase in transaction capacity reduces the eventual burden of fees and is the main motivation for the growth plans which were implemented in this era. Third Era, Self-Sufficiency, 2028 onwards. Quote, Once a predetermined number of coins have entered circulation, the incentive can transition entirely to transaction fees and be completely inflation-free. End quote. Satoshi Nakamoto. Once the free money bootstrap phases of Bitcoin are complete, the system enters the phase of self-sufficiency, where users bear the cost of securing the network against double spending, currently billions of U.S. dollars each year. This is phased in by having the block subsidy every four years. Current levels suggest fees will be comparable with the subsidy at the 2024 halving and consistently dominant from 2028 onwards. User-facing businesses established in the first era who flourished in the second era will find the third era extremely difficult. One large business claims to be responsible for 25% of the Bitcoin transactions. In 10 years, they would be paying $700 million per year to secure the network at current levels. Yet no business is telling their investors about this impending cost, nor that they plan on reducing their own chain percentage, nor suggesting that they are depending on significant Bitcoin appreciation to offset these costs. Miners will find the third era equally difficult. Directly supported by users, they will be in constant tension with them over fee levels and in danger of having their income squeezed by large businesses or cliques of users. This may lead to further centralization as miners consolidate under revenue pressure. This centralization may be offset by businesses choosing to invest directly in mining, however. The third era will start with civil war. The mathematics of this situation seem inevitable. The miners and businesses with large transaction volume will both decide to reintroduce inflation. For the large volume businesses, this will externalize their costs, and for miners, it's simply free money. The battle lines will be similar to the early second era New York agreement, but this effort will be more nuanced and far broader with mainstream arguments such as, 1. The founder was not an economist. Economists recommend inflation around 1% to encourage spending. And 2. The support burden of the network should be shared by the wealthy Bitcoin holders, not just those actually using their Bitcoin. The counterarguments are 1. The 21 million Bitcoin limit was a key reason for Bitcoin's success. 2. The system's founder made a conscious and deliberate choice for Bitcoin to be a store of value over subsidizing payments, by issuing inflation, and 3. Changing the rules now is stealing from early adopters, notably, but not mainly, the anonymous founder. The main resistance to this change would come from the developers themselves, who feel this limit is non-negotiable, and long-term Bitcoin holders. Businesses will be divided, those which cater to the latter, insurers and vaults, will be against the change and those with high on-chain volume, exchanges, and wallet providers will be for it. Although this crisis is entirely predictable from first principles and laid in the bedrock of Bitcoin, it may yield surprising results. And even if Bitcoin's supply remains capped, the drama it can produce is limitless. All right, and uh, that will close our article, The Three Economic Eras of Bitcoin by Rusty Russell. Um, I thought that was just a really good breakdown, um, particularly one that was uh, uh, kind of makes it really clear that like none of this was really unforeseen. I mean, this has all been baked into the code from day one, so it was clear we were going to get to this point sooner or later. And... Um, I think the putting it in the context of the how many millions of dollars per year to secure the network um, at current levels at 700 million and knowing that uh, that number will increase and likely the – well, inevitably it seems like um, based on historical precedent, the immense amount of energy and hash power used to secure it – it could make that number of $700 million per year for the top business uh, much, much larger um, regarding you know the level of uh, Bitcoin transactions they're producing on the network. Um, in his example, it was 25%. One thing I want to say about this article, though, is I don't think I have ever seen as many footnotes and sources for a, a Medium article as this one. So, if you would like to explore that, um, there was a whole there's a whole sentence he had here that was just one thing after the other of different um, uh, improvements that were uh, implemented to deal with the congestion problem. Uh, he said, significant optimizations, uh, he's got a footnote, uh, designed to handle the network now running at capacity, block propagation was improved by node relays, number 11, and new strategies for better propagation, number 12, Fee estimation algorithms became more sophisticated, number 13, restoring the ability to replace transactions by increasing the fee, number 14, and having the recipient boost transactions, number 15. So he has got links to all of these things so that you can read about them. Like uh, Number 11 was Matt Corallo releases code to, re- to run your own high-performance relay network on BitcoinFiber.org, so on and so forth. I mean, he's got links to all of this stuff. Um, other some of its uh, medium articles uh, bitcoin core uh, page the actual github pages where the where you can find the code um, uh, release pages i mean it just goes on and on he's got a ton of this stuff um, so if you wanted to if you were curious about what any of the specific items he was talking about you've got about a 98 percent chance that he's got a footnote linking directly to Uh, everything you want to know about uh, those individual things. So definitely, definitely, definitely go check out the article and explore that if you want to dig a little deeper into all these changes and uh, implementations that were done directly in response to this and to try to ease the pain and burden of making these transitions through the different eras. And it will be very, very interesting to see when we get to the third era. Um, But I think proving that we have already defended against this and the arguments. Um, I don't think the argument for deflation will be more difficult then than it is now. Um, So, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the adoption will not make the Austrian theory more widespread, but I see the opposite happening. Um, But you know, it's a decade out. So Maybe, maybe even only six years, actually. Uh, So that's really hard to say. You know, a lot can happen in that time, but a lot might not change in that span of time. So it'll be really interesting to see how that unfolds when we get to that point and we are needing to sustain this system off fees alone. But the really fun thing about this one is that this is kind of a... and none of this should be unexpected. Um, like we have a very, it's one of the most beautiful things about Bitcoin to me is that there are no, there's not going to be any unknowns as far as the underlying protocol, the inflation rate. Like all of these things, they're embedded. They're in the bedrock of the protocol. And we can see these things coming from a decade away. Um, and we know exactly what the monetary policy is going to be and exactly what needs to change. And if you know businesses do not adapt to uh, that reality that is going to be there if they don't take that long-term approach, well then they will get left behind and or replaced by someone else. But it's just interesting because we've never, I don't think we've ever had a monetary system that was that clear. Um, even gold has, runs the risk of you know finding some enormous deposit somewhere, and the uh, uh, stock-to-flow ratio does fluctuate. Um, clearly, not that much, but there's been nothing as consistent and as predictable as Bitcoin. I mean, it is it is math. The whole thing is based on statistical probability, so you really can't get better than that in a lot of, in a lot of ways. So. Um, it's just really interesting. It's a, it's such a fun dynamic to talk about something that, where you can basically see the future and it's not hard to predict what kind of um, issues this will bring up and what changes or preparations would need to be made. But that's all. I don't think I uh, want to go too much into this one. I just thought this was a really good perspective and I wanted everybody to start thinking long-term. Is like, you know, what happens in 10 years, in 20 years? Where will this thing be? We know what the monetary schedule is going to be. How do we build today for that inevitable future and prepare ourselves for the next Bitcoin civil war? So we will close this one here. Um, don't forget to check out uh, Rusty at at Rusty underscore twit on Twitter, and at Rusty underscore Lightning on Medium. Uh, I will obviously link to all that stuff. Don't forget to check out the website, CryptoEconomy.Life. If you don't find a post up there, um, I'm probably getting to it. I'm having to do all these things manually because none of my automated methods were working properly. Like I said, I'm still sorting out some minor issues, but I just wanted to share it with my listeners and uh, see what you guys thought about it Um, I got lots of big plans ahead, so I guess I'll be getting back to work. All right, guys. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes to stay up to date on all the stuff we're working on and uh, the stuff to come. And so that you can always hear all the best Bitcoin content, discussion, philosophy, history, everything going on in the crypto economy and Bitcoin. If you would like to support the show, you can leave me a review on iTunes. That's a huge, huge help, um, as well as I will have, uh, which you can actually find now on the website, CryptoEconomy.life. Uh, I just have posted on the sidebar um, my donation address, um, and it's still in the show notes of uh, each of the pages. So if you wanted to just donate a couple of Bitcoin, um, I've had a number of people do that recently, donating me you know $2, $1, $3 here and there, which has been wonderful. Thank you guys so much. Uh, You're fueling my coffee, which keeps this thing running. And um, uh, uh, yes, uh, also you can use my affiliate link with Trezor. If you have not gotten your hardware wallet yet to store all your Bitcoin and crypto, you got to get one. They are the best. I swear by them. I use it all the time and there is no safer place to keep your Bitcoin. Uh, If you use my affiliate link, it won't cost you a dime, but you'll be sending me a couple of bucks to help out the show. All right, guys, have a wonderful weekend, and I will catch you all back here on Monday with another episode of the Crypto Economy Podcast. Take it easy, guys.